Good to see you all in the room. Great to have you all online. Really agreeing over the destiny table, New York, as they're uh, walking through some things, but God is showing himself faithful every step of the way. That's what we do as family. We just stand together and agree for God's wonderful plan to unfold in amazing and wonderful ways. <clears throat> so, um, we're talking today in the continuation of how we are created for conversation. We're created for conversation with each other, but first and foremost, we're created for conversation with God. So that's why the emphasis of table talk, it's been this revelation of the table, the table of the Lord that God invites us to. We've looked at this from so many different angles. The table and the altar are eternally connected. It's this worshipful expression when we uh, have this, uh, when we learn the intimate interaction that God desires for us to have with him. Uh, I just, I've felt this week, you know, part of what we commissioned last week was that we would pray for uh, people to have true encounters with God. We heard the man sharing his uh, story from, he's from China when he was in Iran. It was just incredible to think about, um, you know, that story in and of itself. But those stories are happening so much now. Just amazing encounters people are having with the Lord who don't believe in Jesus. And suddenly Jesus is showing up, introducing himself firsthand. <laughs> Uh, I've just been praying that this week for all of you, for family members, for those that uh, you're in relationship with, that they would truly encounter God. How many of you know God wants us to be people that encounter him? Like we should have that as our lifestyle as we walk out uh, just a daily, deep, intimate encounter with the Lord as the way we're living. That's what this is all about, understanding just how much we are created to live in this state of conversation with the Lord. Decisions that we're making are simply discussions that we're having in the way that we're discerning what God is revealing when the circumstances are at hand. You're not on your own. Aren't you glad to know that? You are not on your own. Your Father is right there by His Spirit, guiding, prompting, directing, uh, using His presence to help us sense when His presence is strong, we're leaning in. When His presence starts to pull back, we lean back. We're just learning what it is to really walk with God, be led by the Spirit, and to keep in step with the Spirit as the Scripture describes. So with Christmas here this week, uh, it kind of is the apex. I'm, I'm looking forward to our Christmas Eve service. I've been looking at how um, the Bible actually dialogues with itself from the standpoint of prophecies about the coming of Christ and the Christmas story. And uh, Tracy and I are going to read those prophecies and the Christmas story and the way that we'll open the evening this Friday, 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock is our time. But we're going to just read the prophecies and let the prophecies then interact with the story of the coming of Christ. And it's fascinating. I've been looking at it. I've just never seen it before, never thought of it in these terms. But, you know, hundreds of years, seven centuries before Jesus came, so many details were revealed about all that was going to take place, intricate details. And so we'll kind of bounce on those uh, in the way we're reading the Christmas story to point out and just let the scripture begin to dialogue with itself in a fascinating and wonderful way. Lord, I pray that even that night, that as we uh, come together as a family, 
that the reading of your word would just wash over your people. And Lord, I just, um, I want to just publicly in front of this church family offer and extend my repentance for where I have trusted in my own ability to formulate clever messages more than just embracing the power of your transforming word that actually has the power to change our lives. Help us, Lord, to explore that and understand that and grow in that, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The word has become flesh. God's word has become flesh, come to dwell with us and usher God's kingdom into the earth. <clears throat> so I want to read, as you gather for your um, you know, Christmas celebrations this week, your action point this week will be to pray specifically by name for those that will be coming uh, to those times together. But I would encourage you, the book of Luke is the best story of uh, the Christmas story. Just the way Luke wrote, um, this is where we get our Jesus movies script from primarily out of the book of Luke because it's just written so well. So I want to just take a little bit of time and, and I want to read through Luke chapter 1 and some uh, a verse out of that and then some of Luke chapter 2 as we just embrace what God has revealed about the coming of Christ. Luke 1, 31. The angel appears to Mary, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The announcement comes to Mary. Then in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, the announcement comes to the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them in heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Important verse but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. In this time of year, may we seriously treasure up the things of God and ponder them in our heart. I want to just, it was just kind of crazy, but like Jesus is here. He, he's, he's come. He's here in the room, he's ministering to our hearts. You will all be taught by God. All your children will be taught by God. We're in the new covenant era. We're no longer in the Old Testament existence. Like Jesus came to minister to us, to teach us by his spirit what it is to walk with God. I believe God wants to take us into some of the deepest, deepest places of revelation in the course of the coming year where we really do understand that everyone is created for abundant life. 
walking in the things of the Spirit. So <clears throat> I, I, this has happened a few times actually in the recent few months. But this morning I woke up and as soon as I woke up, I was in an ongoing interaction with the Lord. And I want to say this because I want to encourage you to be full of anticipation and expectation to learn what it is just to, that we would all walk with God in a way that we, whether we're awake or whether we're asleep, you understand your spirit man has this encounter, exchange, capacity, and ability with the Lord. And as I woke, I was just in this, like a full dialogue with the Lord. And I just opened my eyes and realized this interaction was taking place. And, and I'm going to share with you what that interaction was because it's so aligning to the message. I jumped up out of bed and went in and, and immediately just started uh, writing it down and, and rehearsing it and thinking about it. But the basis of what I want to talk about today that aligns so well with that is we need to understand that Mary conceived. That, that's where this began in, in Luke 1. Behold, you'll conceive in your womb. There was conception that took place. I want you to think about the word conception because it's a really important word for us to understand and comprehend what the Lord's desiring to reveal. If everybody would please just say conception. Okay, conception or conceive comes from the root word concept. A concept is an idea that is actually conceived in the mind. So this is important because what I just felt the Lord was saying to me, because the title today is The Concept of Christ, but what I felt the Lord was saying to me as I was just waking up, when the concept of Christ is seated in the mind, the perspective of, eter of eternity is awakened in the heart. And this activates transformation in your life. <laughs> we, there's a sense of comprehension and understanding with who Jesus is. You understand that? You realize that? Like we have the ability to understand God. I don't know if you understand or not, but God has always been like Jesus. We just didn't know it until Jesus came. And Jesus came bringing this understandable expression of deity into humanity so that we could wrap our heads around on purpose. We're to love God with our mind, not just our spirit. There's an understanding and a comprehension. And so conception or the concept of Christ actually has a sense of logic, capacity, and ability. It's beyond that, of course, and you cannot fully comprehend him. But you are designed by God, and he desires for us to have a sense of comprehension of who God is and that's why Jesus came so the concept this conception the angel of the Lord appears to Mary saying you will conceive in other words the concept of Christ is about to come to life like really come to life the shepherds understood the concept of Christ and they went searching to find him after finding him, then they shared the concept of Christ or the idea that the Messiah had come, the deity. They, they shared this, uh, the deity made flesh with others. This is what Mary treasured up in her heart. This is what she referenced and reflected on. It's the concept, the conceptualized idea of deity in humanity that we have a sense of comprehension about. How many of you know you probably understand what I'm saying and I probably understand what 
what I'm saying, but we have no uh, idea how vast what we're exchanging about right now really is. How many of you know that? I mean, like, this is fascinating. And, and, and we have allowed that which is majestic and fascinating to become dull and, and, and old and, and we've just not rehearsed it for the fresh revelation that it truly is in so many ways. I'm, I'm just talking about in my own life and in our lives as Christians, it's easy to overlook that which is outrageously phenomenal from God. And this is. So let's kind of break this down from a few standpoints today. Jesus did not come to start a religion. Jesus came to redeem us and awaken us to a life-giving conversation that actually has the power to transform the world when people understand. I, I don't know if you were like this, but because I didn't, you know, because my, my true conversion to Christ happened when I was an adult, um, I understand what it was to actually just live in total darkness and blindness. Can anybody relate to that? I mean, just complete blindness to the things of God. And then suddenly, it was like, I understood. Like, I don't know how I went from darkness to light. I don't know how I went from ignorance to revelation and information. But it happened. And in a moment, like the Lord drew me in. He invited me in. His love reached into my life. My response allowed his love to go deep. I went from not understanding to being uh, uh, amazed, fascinated, like I began to open the Bible and I began to read scripture and I began to comprehend and understand things that I had never had any interest in before. I went from death to life. My spirit man was alive. My intellect was activated. Something about my life was very, very different. This is the Jesus who came that we might have life. If, if you're here today and your faith and your relationship with the Lord just seems distra distracted, disconnected, I want to invite you into a deeper place of being passionately awakened to explore and understand the concept of Christ that can truly transform your life. I spoke with Steve Uppel this week, and he said he went to pick up his wife. Steve's our, uh, one of our external elders from the UK, and he said he went to pick up his wife, Esther, and, and as he was in the car, he pulled up, and he just sat there with worship music playing, and it was as if God just invaded the car in a profoundly significant way. He said he had one of the deepest encounters with God he ever had. He was just weeping and weeping as Esther came out and got in the car to find him weeping, wondering, what's going on with my husband? And he was experiencing God. I want us all to experience God. God wants us all to experience God. That's why he sent Jesus. Are you watching for that? Are you expecting that? Do you have that sense in you? I hope it's being awakened right now because when the concept of Christ is seated in the mind, the perspective of eternity is awakened in the heart and this activates transformation in our lives. Behold, the eternal perspective of God is at hand. The concept of Christ 
This, this, this is revealed in so many amazing ways. The word in John 1.1 that's used for the word word reveals the conceptualized nature of what we're talking about. In the beginning was the word. And that word became flesh and dwelled among us. But that word is the Greek word logos. I remember when I first learned that it wasn't rhema. I was shocked. There's logos and there's rhema. And I've heard everybody say for years, rhema is the revealed word and logos is the written word. Well, clearly that's not the fullness of what that actually means because this is not rhema. If, if that's all that meant, then John 1, the word became flesh. That would be the revealed word of God. That would be rhema. It's not rhema, it's logos. And that word logos actually speaks of the completion of the expression of God. It means more than that. That's why the Bible is complete. We don't add anything to it, but it is the logos. This is where we get our word logic. This is the logic of God revealed in Scripture. Jesus is the logic of God embodied as Christ who came to answer the world's problem that we might understand, comprehend, have a logical capacity within us to understand the deity that became humanity and transform everything about our lives. I just keep coming back to what I sensed from the Lord this morning. When the concept of Christ is seated in the mind, the perspective of eternity is awakened in the heart. Jesus, Logos, logic, Jesus is the embodied logic of God who came to solve the world's problems. Wrong thinking is very problematic. Would you agree? <laughs> I mean, nothing can help you when your thinking is wrong. Have you ever tried to help somebody and they just didn't think right and it was hopeless trying to help somebody who just doesn't think right? I mean, you have to understand the basis of, of how profound and yet how simple what I'm talking about is nothing can help you when your thinking is wrong, but nothing can stop you when your thinking is right. The concept of Christ and the logic of God embodied in who Jesus is came to awaken something of comprehension and understanding that actually has the power to transform everything within us. But you have to get your thinking right. That's why it is so important that you and I stay in the Word on a regular, ongoing basis because God wants to put more in you. But if you don't get your thinking right, everything He puts in you will leak out of you. He's trying to replenish and restore the mind. Wrong thinking is obviously at the root of our problems because God sent the logic of God embodied in Christ to answer the world's problems. Wrong thinking is clearly the root of our problems. That's why we read in Hosea 4, 6 that my people perish because they don't understand. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. My people perish because they need accurate information. The people were, with, uh, were in Egypt. The Israelites were in Egypt, and they were very problematic in their disposition, and they needed help. They needed to get out. And what did God do? He sent them a prophet. Why did he send them a prophet? Because a prophet will rise up and declare the word of the Lord and change the way they think. And once they change the way they think, they'll come out of the bondage of Egypt, and they'll live a life of promise. And you and I need the word of the Lord that will change the way we think so that we will come out of bondage and we will live a life of promise. Everyone is created for abundant life. Everyone. 
If our problems were military problems, God would have sent a military leader. If our problems were political problems, God would have sent a political leader. Our problems are thinking problems. <laughs> At the core of all the issues that exist in our world that are problematic, it is a way of thinking. God sent what the world needed, the conversational logic of God embodied to Christ. Let me just invite you to the table of the Lord where you sit with your heavenly Father and exchange with him in a way that the conversational nature of God actually is an interaction that you can comprehend and understand on the level that you will comprehend and understand. And then when you grow in a deeper revelation of Christ, there will be a deeper comprehension. Has anyone ever read a portion of Scripture and then lived some life and came back to that portion of scripture and you read it from an entirely different, deeper perspective. It's because God meets us at our level of comprehension to take us deeper into the revelation of Christ. And if you, if you lose perspective, you're out. Have you ever lost perspective? A man who pastored this church many years ago Dale Gentry, spiritual father to, to me and to Tracy and spiritual grandfather to our girls. We love and appreciate Dale so much. I've talked with him this week. He's doing great in Austin, Texas. Man has had incredible impact, profound influence around the world. I've, I've read books written in the UK that reference Dale Gentry and the prophecies that he brought into that nation as God used him mightily. But part of his journey was when he was pastoring this church, there were some negative, divisive voices in the congregational family. And he was leading the charge. They were in this little bitty building just down the road back here. It's still there. And they bought all this property, uh, 30 acres of, of land. And, and then they built the building that now where our children uh, are in kids ministry today and, and he envisioned the school and launched the school he did a really good thing when he hired Jim and Diana Howard to come as administrators of the school who are now here been here for you know well over three decades later leading the church and all of that but in the midst of this he had so many people that were coming to the church and they were standing behind him and they were standing with him and the mass of people that were with him were standing there cheering him on but there were a few divisive voices and the Bible says when people get divisive and angry, you should correct them and then you should ignore them because they have no place in the body of Christ when they're trying to disrupt unity. And in that place of time, in Dale's life, in his ministry, he began to rehearse the divisive negativity and he lost his perspective and he literally became hospitalized as a result, having a breakdown. And out of that breakdown, God replenished and restored him in such a way that he would then launch into worldwide influence and impact because God is a God that reaches into our brokenness and restores and redeems us in profound and significant ways. But You've got to get your thinking right. <clears throat> Every one of us are capable of losing perspective. Tracy and I are very close to a pastor friend who leads a church of many campuses, thousands of people, millions and millions of dollars. 
And the wife called us on the phone and said, I'm about to call 911. And before I called 911, I wanted to call you as a spiritual covering. I want to hold the phone to my husband's ear so that you can pray for him. He's in a fetal position under the kitchen table, paralyzed and cannot move, emotionally paralyzed. And the Spirit of God just came upon me as the phone was held to his ear. And I began to prophesy and declare and unlock and reverse a certain measure of thinking. And one thing led to another, and he came out of that and snapped out of that. And today, again, very strong leader in the body of Christ. Come on, I just want to say, if you lose perspective, you will lose your way. You must keep your perspective and rehearse the truth of God. Do not let the voice of critics contain the the capacity that you have in your mind. Let your mind rehearse the good things of God and continue to rise up and be everything he's called you to be. I'm just going to take a little break and um, things are going really well, aren't they? It's a good morning. Uh, This last week I was in this room with a group of pastors and I found myself, there was a question on the floor and I started kind of contributing to it. And I found myself contributing in a way that was really captivating the the leaders in the room. And there began to be almost an emotionally charged response in a really positive way. And in that moment, I just felt like all of a sudden the Lord had entrusted, in a sense, command of the room. Does that all make sense? And as soon as I realized that, I then discerned that there was too much of an emotional reaction response in the moment, and I just backed off of the thing altogether, just stopped contributing to the conversation just to, just to figure out, what is the Lord doing? I just want to live that way, don't you? Like, Jesus came so that, not so we could do all the religious stuff as best we know how for him on his behalf, but like, so we can cooperate with what he's desiring to do. And I just kind of got stuck there. I was looking at what I was supposed to say next in my notes, and I just didn't feel like it was the right thing to say. So I'm just having a little conversation right now. just want to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Well, they will all be taught by God. That's what matters. That's what matters. I don't want to prop up the morning and keep the momentum and let's accomplish this thing, get our tweets out and social media, and let's just worship the Lord. Can we just do that? Would you just open your heart? Jesus, you came. What a beautiful time of year where we're celebrating the coming of Christ. What an amazing time of year where so much attention worldwide is on the birth of our Savior. I thank you, Lord, for what all of that means for us personally who are spiritually alive. And I pray that we would be fully cooperative with all you're desiring to reveal in this particular season. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. The concept of Christ. You know, hope is not a principle. Hope is a person. The concept of Christ is the introduction to him, (laughs) that we might cooperate with who he is in the way we walk out our faith. It's not just enough to have a faith, 
we would all say we have a faith. The question is, do we live by faith? Are we having conversation with the Lord when he's asking things from us and paying attention to what he's asking and not just living our lives out of convenience, doing what we want, going where we want, spending our lives the way we want without ever really asking or inviting the perspective of the Lord. Jesus came unto us, a child is born. He came that we might know him, might walk with him, might experience him as our way of life. When we listen to what he has to say, he begins to wind us out of faulty ways of thinking. I want you to think about what kind of faulty ways of thinking do you have? Faulty ways of thinking. How many of you ever uh, put yourself down too much? Can I just say it's a faulty way of thinking? I'm going to ask that again, give you a chance to respond. Some of y'all were a little slow. But don't be too hard on yourself. Don't put yourself down over not responding fast enough. How many of you ever, you're too hard on yourself sometimes. You just put yourself down. I mean, you just, we lay it on ourselves. Just faulty ways of thinking. How many of you are easily distracted from the things that really matter in life? Anybody? I mean, one, one comment online can just send us spiraling into like, you know, this mindset and perspective. One, I mean, it's just so... So bizarre. Uh, I find myself sometimes rehearsing conversations with somebody that's not even there. Have you ever done that before? And I'm like, and they would say this, and I would say that, and they would say this, and I would say that. And I get, Lord Jesus, I have issues. But so do you. That's why we get along so well. We are inclined Think about your inclination. We are inclined to identify with dysfunction. But we are designed to identify with destiny. God's language will never be language of dysfunction. God's language will always be language of destiny. Our fallen language is typically language of dysfunction. But his risen nature wants to awaken a conversation of destiny taking us out of the inclination to rehearse the dysfunction into a revelation of Christ where we're rehearsing our destiny, the concept of Christ. Something so powerful is awakened within us when we enter into this conversational relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So powerful. So I want to ask you, as the prayer team's going to go ahead and come, and we're just going to take a few moments just in worship together, I want to ask you this week very specifically, did I say prayer team? I meant the worship team. They're a prayer team too. We'll get to the prayer team in a moment. I appreciate the prayer team, don't you? I'm sure thankful that every week we've got people who make a net that are there to catch whatever needs to be caught. Take time in prayer and intercession. I'm so grateful uh, for those who serve in that capacity. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. I really appreciate that we have elders who challenged me on that, and that's why, we're, that's why we do that. This wasn't my brilliant idea. I was so busy preaching sermons, I wasn't really paying attention to how we were effectively ministering beyond the message in and of itself. But I had elders come to me, and they say, where, where is it that we're praying? Where is it that we're, people can respond? Where is it that we're really ministering to the people that are responding to what the Lord's revealing? It's just so good. You understand, we need each other to get this right. And, and that which concerns you, 
many times is from the Lord. It's like a conversation. Our elders were having an interaction with the Lord in that, and then they brought that relationally that we could have a conversation about what concerned them. Listen very carefully. What concerns you is a clue to your call. And if you're not careful and you don't learn relational interaction, we're created for conversation. I want you to hear this. Please hear this. We are designed by God for we're created for conversation. And if you allow something to concern you and then you don't cooperate with your conversational design to have a conversation to figure out what God is doing, then you will be sifted into a toxic place where your concern becomes a complaint and the enemy will use it against you and everybody around you. We're created for conversation, loving conversation with God, loving conversation with each other. I appreciate people who look in on my life and they see things that need to be addressed. But what I really appreciate is when I know they love me enough to speak from a heart of love. Because I have people, anybody else, that like to find faults to point out. <clears throat> That's just part of it. It's part of the world that we live in. We may live in a, in a fallen world, but we do serve this risen king. He's come to redeem our lives, to redeem our thinking. Come on, let's all just stand to our feet. We're going to enter into a moment of worship. But before we do, let's just, in a posture before the Lord, just defer to the heart of God as best we know how. Lord, we know that we only have a certain measure and ability to cooperate with what you reveal according to how much we've grown. And we want to grow in deeper maturity. We want to see things from the perspective of God when we look into the lens of Scripture because we've grown into a place of deeper maturity, greater brokenness, where we know that all authority in the kingdom of God is born from humility. So I pray that you would help us to, just as we started this conversation, I pray that you would help us to learn to be honest with each other about areas of our lives where we need to repent. When we do that, it creates a deeper sense of brokenness within us. And out of that humility, we find great authority. So we just come to the cross of Christ and we thank you that Jesus came in the most vulnerable state as a baby, couldn't take care of himself, had to be cared for, had to be nurtured, grew to be strong and mighty. The most influential man that ever graced this planet was crucified, sealed in a tomb, yet risen from the grave and that resurrection power is available to each and every person who's willing to die to themselves that they might live. So we acknowledge, Lord Jesus, you are who you say you are. You're the Savior of the world. And we need you to rescue us from our sins. And then for the rest of our lives, we need you to rescue us from ourselves. So we learn to live in a conversational relationship with our Heavenly Father. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if today you're affirming that you're living that life or you're making a decision that Jesus is Lord, we need him as a Savior, would you just say a hearty amen? <laughs> Jesus, you are Lord. You are why we are here. You're why we're doing all that we're doing. And I pray that we would learn that from an even deeper posture. Our singing, our worship, our exchange in the word, our time in prayer, our personal devotions, our relationships with each other. We just long, Lord, to know more intimately the heart of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name. Let's, let's really uh, purpose to exchange with God as we worship. We'll just take a few moments of worship. And I, I've been reiterating this because I know it's easy to feel like uh, the preaching is over, the service is done. But I just want to reiterate, this is the place where we take what the Lord has stirred in us and then we give something back. So let's not just, I mean, if you have to go, you have to go. I'm not no condemnation but but my point is let's not just cut out once we got something without giving something back let's bring what God's stirring in our hearts and let's give something back in worship our, our prayer team is going to make their way back under the lights right behind the center section I would invite you in this time of giving something back just respond in a worshipful attitude to the Lord with our singing perhaps this would be a great time to give your tithe and your offering. If you do that uh, here on campus, then you can do that in the giving stations or you can give online if you prefer to do that. This would be a great time. Their communion tables are right at the back of this center section if you're online. Then I would encourage you to come equipped for communion in your own homes sometimes just to, in this moment when that's always available, just to participate maybe as a family or as an individual, whatever that looks like. But Lord, we just say we love you as best we know how <laughs> and we want to grow in a greater understanding of how to love you more intimately and walk with each other in a deeper level of relationship in Jesus mighty name amen <laughs>